It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boule. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Boule. As always, the offseason is officially over. Hockey has kind of started. The preseason's underway. And... Yeah, it's definitely hockey by definition. It's something. By very textbook definition, it is ice hockey. Not much else, if we're being honest. No, I mean, like, one game you couldn't even watch. No. It's 2022, and there was no television broadcast of a professional hockey game. Nope, none whatsoever. It was physically impossible to watch that first game against the Wild that the Avalanche lost, but... If no one was able to watch it, did they really lose it all? And then six hours later, they play the Vegas Golden Knights. They win that game three to one. And as we speak right now, the Avalanche playing their third preseason game against the Minnesota Wild. As I say that, Martin Kaut, who's going to be probably a topic again in this episode, scores his first goal of the preseason. Good for him because definitely had a couple of things to say about him. That might positively change some of my opinions. But the preseason is underway. It's definitely happening. It's happening. That, that first wild game, uh, was it Sunday? I mean, it, it was truly the Colorado Eagles versus the Minnesota Wilds, like opening night team. Um, who cares? Like, I'm surprised that oh, game. You, you, want, you want to know who cares? Wild fans, apparently. Yeah. They the apparently taking a victory lap from that game. I mean, go I love off. it. I go love off, it. Go I off. Guess. Go off Kings. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it. no one watched it. Uh, the Avs actually surprisingly kept that game close. Um, Shane Bowers had a goal. Sampo Ronto had a goal. Two guys who probably aren't going to make the team, let's be honest. But it just doesn't seem that way. Um, but good for them getting a goal. They lose in overtime. Yada, yada, who cares? Yeah, no one, uh, no one saw it. No one cares. No one saw it. No one cares. The second game, 
that was televised in Denver against the Vegas Golden Knights. It was it was a hockey game. There were I think 15 penalties combined in that game. It was absolutely ridiculous. It was one of the most boring games because every other second there was a penalty. And I know it's preseason for the refs, but usually that means they don't call as much. But did the Avs end up having 10? You're looking at the box score right now. Looking at it right now, it, the Avalanche had nine power plays. Yeah. The Golden Knights had five. Crazy. Like that will never happen in a regular season game. No, like that, that like that is a staple of the preseason is they act like they're enforcing the rule. Like remember a couple years ago when they acted like face-off violations were going to oh, be yeah. a thing for like two preseason games, game one of the regular season starts, never saw it called. Never in saw five, it. I think I've seen it called once in five years. Yeah, it, it's, it was hilarious. I cannot believe they called that many penalties, but – you know what? It's the preseason for the refs. But really, my biggest takeaway from that game against Vegas, that number four on the abs, I, I don't know who he is, but uh, He's he got looks pretty damn good. No, yeah, that, he may make the team. He just he just maybe may make the team. Yeah, Pyram is going to be an animal this mm-hmm. season. My God, there's just no two ways about it. Every single time I watch him near the puck, I'm just like, there's no way. There's no way he's he's actually on this team, man. He's it so was so good. funny because, like, I know it's preseason, but he Byron was significantly, by a wide margin, the best player on the ice. Yeah, it's not even clear. Like, Byron doesn't care that it's preseason. He doesn't care yeah. at all. He looked fantastic. His speed, his puck moving. He is just going to be an absolute rock star for the Avs. And I that was my biggest takeaway is Bo Byram looks ready, and we already knew he was going to be good, but, man. He's looked really fucking good uh, so far in that one game. Another player who had probably one of the grossest goals you'll see for the Avs in this season was JT Comfort gives the Avs the lead late in the game. Honestly, I love that goal so much because I think we sometimes do forget just how stark the difference is between even like a mediocre NHL player like JT Comfort and the rest of the world. Because he looked like he was held at gunpoint to score that goal. Like, it was just like, this time's running out. None of us want to go to overtime. These guys are nowhere close to my level. I'm just going to do this myself. I probably should be looking for a pass, but let's be real here. An absolute beauty short side top shelf. Like, from below the goal line, it was absolutely disgusting. Um, I, I don't think JT will score another goal like that this season, but um, for the preseason, it was absolutely gross. And then Byram at the end gets an empty netter to give the abs a 3-1 win. Um, like we said, it was a preseason game. No one really cares, but it was good to see those NHL guys look really good. Another guy made his abs debut, Evan Rodriguez. He looks good. Like, he, I, I think that's going to be like a good team. He looks like he's just going to be a really good fit with this team. Like no matter what line he's playing on, took a bit of a crunch and a bit of a scare in the second period because it is Vegas and they just have an obsession with hurting people. But thankfully he was fine. You know how we know he's actually fine because he came back 45 seconds later in a preseason game. Yeah. If he had, if he had a bruise on his arm, they would have held him out for the rest of the game. Yeah. So he came back. It was scary for like that, like you said, that 45 seconds. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like the one guy we fucking sign and he gets hurt in the preseason. Um, but he he looks good. I'm excited to see him play with this team. I 
we're going to talk about it here when we get to the game that's currently in progress. But even if he's playing third line, I think that's going to be a dangerous type of player. His wrist shot. I did not realize how good of a wrist shot he has. It's very, it's a heavy wrist shot. I mean, one of the things we talked about after we signed him is that he has a low shooting percentage, but he takes a lot of shots. Yes. And one of the things that might get lost in that percentage is just how many of those shots can end up turning into rebounds and opportunities for yes. other players. That that doesn't always show up in the stat lines. And I just, I like the way he moves the puck. I like the way he just generally moves. He's got a good shot. But another player on that line that I, I found interesting was getting that opportunity was Oscar Lawson. He was the only guy on that team who was getting an opportunity with two other NHL guys. And he looked pretty good. He had a couple, he had a couple of looks. He missed a couple of them, but he looks like maybe a year or two away from being a full NHL regular. And it looks like we absolutely nailed that pick. I know preseason overreaction, but well, it's gonna be his first, it's gonna be his first full season in North America. Right. So it just it seems like he's just on such a great like development trajectory path. Like you compare him even to last preseason. Like he he scored a couple of goals, but he looked raw. Now it looks like he's got a little bit of seasoning. They're trusting him just a little bit more. And he 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 definitely has an NHL skill set. That much is very much apparent. He has the skills to play in the NHL. He's just got to work on a few more things and he'll be there. Yeah, no, he's got working a few more things, but that's the benefit of being the abs. You don't have to rush guys like Oscar Olaus and he can take his time in the AHL. I wouldn't be shocked if we're like two years from now and it's like, Oh, Oscar Olaus leading the AHL in points. Like I think, I think two, I think two years from now, you're hoping that Olaus playing full time. Yeah. You're hoping, but, like I could see him having like a Miko Rantanen type year. If you remember way back before Miko Rantanen came in, it was like he was dominating the AHL and he got that time to season. And I think he'll be good. Yeah. I think he's just going to be a real strong addition, at least a couple years down the line. Cause once that McKinnon contract does kick in, it is going to be harder to fit things under the cap. We'll talk more about salary cap projections in a minute. But like once that 12.6 kicks in, you're going to need an Oscar Olauson to come in at an entry-level contract and just give you a little breathing room. Because signing a guy like Evan Rodriguez for $2 million is nice, but you can only do that so many times in an offseason. Right. And as guys leave, like as potentially Comfort leaves next season, and as we go down the line of expiring contracts, it's just going to get harder and harder to replace some guys and you need to be able to bring guys in internally. And I really have no reason to doubt that Oscar Olauson is going to be anything short than a solid NHL player from what we've yeah. seen. I mean, if he's a solid third line contributor, you need those type of players and his shot is dangerous. Um, I don't think he's ever going to be like a top six guy, but if he can be, I mean, a, maybe, maybe, I mean, if he can be a third, fourth liner, that's all this team really needs. I mean, the top six is pretty locked into place for the next four years. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's really all you need. You don't need another Rantanen to take over at a top line role. You, you just need him to step into that second, third line role. And you know, and he's still a young guy. He can come in on a third line role for the first few years and gradually work his way up to a second line role. You know, only getting a little bit ahead of ourselves after one preseason game. But with the trajectory that he's been on over the last year since we drafted him, you really have no reason to think he's going to be anything short than solid. 
Yeah, I mean, there also is the real possibility that we trade him away for a piece that can help us win. I, honestly, I, w- I would be surprised if we traded him just because like defensively, we have so much locked in for so long. You could afford to trade Baron. You could afford to trade Hellison, especially since you were bringing in Manson and extending him. Once you get past Olausen, that's a really steep drop off, I think, from yeah. at least him to the next guy. So if you're dealing him, it's got to be for something good and for something long. Yeah. No, I mean, like, like it wouldn't shock me in the least, though, if they did. Like, yeah. it's just, it's just the way. I mean, when you're in a championship window and your team come in multiple cups, like there, there's that possibility. But I agree with you. I mean, the defense is so loaded, you're going to take up the defensive prospects first. Um, but I like what Alausen's doing. JT Comfer was rock solid. Um, Georgiev made his first start. He looked okay. I mean, the one that beat him, like it, it bounced off the post and bounced off his butt and went in. But yeah, I looks, mean, like, what could you really say is the error there? But well, just, and the key is uh, he didn't get hurt. Yeah, that, that, that's really we're the making. Only thing. We are making progress so far. Yeah. Right now, game three of five in this preseason is underway. It's weird. After this game, we don't have a preseason game for six days. But well, no, we play Vegas tomorrow. I thought. Oh, you're right. No, we do play Vegas tomorrow. Yeah. After that, we don't have one for like six days. So we have we had two games in one day, then a back to back, and then six days off. Yeah, I mean that's when they're going to do their cut downs, and you're really going to see, yeah, uh, the team really come together. But going back to Georgiev, like I, I, I'm not really expecting him to be a Vesna type goalie, but playing for the Avs defensive core, he could be a top ten goalie this year. Yeah, I mean if if he fell to me in fantasy. That I'd be very comfortable at least taking up one of my two goalie slots on him. Well, he's going to get a lot of wins just because the abs are going to score a lot of goals. Yeah. So, and uh, just from, from everything that I saw, and I I fully believe that there is a mental aspect there with Georgiev right now, maybe like a little bit of proving it to the rest of the league that he can do it in a starting role. And like we've talked about with him, he's not going to have a better opportunity to do that than right here behind the best defense in the NHL. The and best defense. It seems like his mechan- yeah, it seems like his mechanics are there in the the half game that he played. He got beat by a pretty lucky goal, but it seemed like a good warm up for him. Like of all useless things in the preseason, drawing conclusions on goalies has to be number one. Yeah, there's no conclusion other than he stayed healthy, he looked sharp, and there's not really much else that can tell yeah, me there there is photo evidence of him playing in an avalanche uniform yes. that's really all we've got right now that's all we got and then Jonas Johansson came in and he was solid I mean I feel comfortable with him as the third goalie like I like Jojo I've always liked Jojo I mean he he was never bad when he played for the abs I mean he had his games where he looked rough but like if you go back to that Toronto game where we lost like what nine to three yeah like yeah. There, there was nothing there was nothing you could do in that game like yeah. that was just Sorry, Jojo, you're taking one for the team tonight. Yeah, it's sorry, Jojo. Everyone's hurt. Kemper's yeah. hurt. Frankie got hurt in the preseason. And uh, you've got to go up against Austin Matthews tonight. Yeah. You know, we know we're sorry. That's just the way it is. Also, we're going to wave you. Yeah. That sucked. That sucked. I mean, then Florida picks him up and they don't even fucking use him. So, um, whatever. But he came in. He, he, I'm comfortable with him as the third goalie. Uh, they said on the broadcast he's going to be the backup for the Colorado Eagles and the third goalie for the Avs, and that's. I mean, is that not, is there a better role for him? No. On this team, absolutely not. I mean, because you're still going to have Eustace Annan 
front and center in his development with the Eagles. You've got JoJo there as a backup. If one of Frankie or Georgiev goes down, he's a guy that's like, he's not a mystery. We we know what JoJo is at this point. Yes. This would be his third season with the team, even though he did go to Florida last season. He still started the year with us and he ended the 2021 season with us as well. Like we know what he is. We know like, can you rely on him to steal a game? Absolutely not. If you play very well in front of him, can you win? Probably. Yeah. He's a, third he's a very likable guy. Yeah, he's a likable guy. And like if the Avalanche did not believe in him at all, they wouldn't have gotten him back. Yeah. They were hoping he would clear when they waved him. Yeah. And the, it got to the last one, the Florida Panthers, yeah. and they claimed him. Oh my, I forgot. Yeah, Florida was number one at that point. He was the they were the last team in the pecking order and they got him. I think it was because Spencer Knight got hurt or something like that. So there was, there was something about that. And Spencer Knight got a pretty handsome contract today, too. Four years. I don't like it. Four million dollars. I mean, I don't hate it, but it just seems early, doesn't it? Well, and you're paying your goalies what? What Bobrovsky's making ten? I mean, right. yeah, we find fourteen million dollars for a very mediocre tandem. Yeah, and the Abs are paying five million combined for the next two years for two yeah. pretty solid goalies. I mean, I mean, we're not going to go too far on Spencer Knight here, but like Spencer Knight could definitely be a good goalie in the NHL. It, I I think it's a Carter Hart situation where they brought him up before he was ready because you took desperate. the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, because they're very desperate, but I still think he's going to be something that could very least be a steal. Oh, look at that. Minnesota and Colorado having a fight. Who's Ooh. fighting? Uh, Andreas Anglin. He already dropped his gloves about to clock someone, but it's nice. great, great, great radio. I just did, by the way, but love it. Love it. But uh yeah, I mean, other than that, that Vegas game, it's a win. It was cool. Bo scored. JT scored. Um, Bukaji has got the first one. Now, he's got a wicked yeah. slap shot. Yeah, it's Bukaj or Bukaje. I think it's Bukaj. But, yeah. yeah, he's got a pretty nasty shot. Definitely, like, an outside shot to ever be anything. But I I don't hate him. Uh, it's a good AHL player. Yeah, he's got, well, a, he's got a good shot. And if in a very serious pinch, he could probably rip one at the NHL level once. Once or twice. But uh, that, that game happened, and then the game currently in progress, Avs are tied with the Wild still 2-2? Yeah, tied 2-2. Minnesota's going on the power play because England, you don't need to do that, but it's Minnesota and it's the preseason, so I don't yeah, care. I mean, we but, talked about last one. There was a fight last year. Landy and uh, Hartman got in a fight. So uh, I, just, I just don't get Minnesota's deal, man. You're so so obsessed with us. It's hilarious. Yeah. But that game's going on. The biggest storyline from that game, Alex Newhook. Yeah. The game's not over yet. But for for context, there's the, there's a, we're about halfway through the game right now. It's tied 2 2. But like you're saying, go on with Alex Newhook. Yeah. I mean, Alex Newhook looks ready for the regular season. He, all of the reports we've seen about Alex Newhook are okay. This guy's ready this season to take a big step. He came into training camp in incredible shape and you could see right from day one that he's ready to go. And he comes out in this game, immediately picks up a goal, puts his shoulder down and starts driving to the net. Like if we're getting that from him this season, there's not going to be a big debate at second line center. There's not going to be a big debate, but hockey is such a confidence driven game. And Alex Newhook with confidence, I think is very scary for the rest of the NHL because yeah, the Avs may have lost Kadri, but if they get Alex Newhook to who's not even in his prime yet to come and at least get close, uh, he's not going to get close to nine points. No, but, uh, if, right. if he gets 50 this season, yeah. you are happy. 
50 or 60, you're really happy. And the way he's playing, man, I, I, I feel more and more confident about it. I think that's my hot take of the year is that he does have like 20 goals. Oh, absolutely. I definitely think he can do that. I mean, he went what, like 20 games without a goal last year and he still finished at like 13. 13. Yeah. yeah. He I think 2025 is possible. Yeah, I think 20 is absolutely on the table for him, especially if he's getting that second line center role. I think I think 25 is definitely stretch goal, but 20 is definitely on the table for him. Yeah. 20 is on the table and he looks fantastic. It, it's the same situation as Bo where it's like, yeah, he's he's the best player on the ice right now. Yeah. Yeah, without question. Like and it wasn't that long ago where he, we were looking at someone like Newhook like he was still a mystery and Last year's preseason, he was like, yeah, well, it's okay. And then plays one game, immediately gets sent down. Now here we are like, okay, this guy's very clearly one of the best guys on the ice. Yeah. He's, I mean, him and Matt Boldy are on the ice tonight. And it's like, yeah, these two are by far the best players on the ice. Yeah. So um, Alex Newhook career season incoming, uh, which kind of sucks because of him and Bo both have great years. That's a lot of contract money you're going to have to give out. Yeah. Th- those uh, are some bridge contracts coming yeah. up for sure. Hey everybody, hope you've been enjoying this episode so far, interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If that's not enough, Everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? And you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game all season long. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Now, back to the episode. But, uh... He looks really good. Sammy G making his return since the first time since he got hit by a truck in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Um, first game back with a broken sternum. So uh, he took a hit. I saw that. He seemed okay. But really with Samuel Gerard, we know what he is. I just need him to be healthy for game one. Yeah. So, I mean, for Sam, it's going to be an interesting season for him because he's got some stuff to prove. He's got to stay healthy and he's got to kind of prove that he can hang with kale and hold his spot from Bo at least a little bit and just not immediately get bumped to that third pair role. Because when we hit the off season again, and we're looking at paying Bo and paying new hook and paying all these other guys, Sam is going to have to prove that that $5 million is worth spending as great of a contract as it is. And for how much longer it goes, there will be other teams out there that are willing to pay to take that. Yes. And so I'm very interested and very excited to see what he's going to do this season. Cause I do think he's going to be good, but everything always looks good on paper until you get started. Yeah. He, we know what he's going to be. We did that all in his preview episode. Like this is his time. He has to prove it this year. He yeah. has to prove it. That's worth it. Cause right now I would rather have Bo Byram signed to that type of money than Sam Gerard. 
Yeah, absolutely. And it's also, it's tough because if Sam Girard was in Ottawa, or I'll use another closer to home example in Washington, these questions would not be asked. No, he'd be the best defenseman on the team. Right. He would absolutely be at very least a top three defenseman on both teams. It's just here, you are on the best defense core in the league and you're behind Kale McCarr and you are going to be behind Bo Byram and Josh Manson just got extended. And there's this guy and there's this guy and there's this guy. Like you're, you got to prove that you are not the odd man out. That's the difference. It's not that Sam Gerard is bad and has to prove that he's not bad. It's just, are you the odd man out in Colorado or are you not? Because there will be other teams where you're not and you will be a steal at $5 million. Yes. I I would say 28 other teams would take Sam Gerard in a heartbeat. I mean, I'd probably I'd go as far to say all other 31s at very least give them a look. Yeah. So this is not it's just how good the apps are. It sucks being this good and this talented on the defensive side. Yeah. So it's, it's the realities of a salary cap world, but a salary cap world that might start to increase in the near future. Ooh, good transition. Thank you. That was smooth. That was man. That was I love clean. that one. I ruined it by bringing it up, but got to give myself a little bit of credit, but still. We've hinted at for a little while that the salary cap is going to start going up soon. And the NHL released a few, I guess, trajectories today or estimates, I guess would be a better word for about the next four seasons. So like we talked about at the end of this season, it's going to go up another $1 million. Then we're potentially looking at four to four and a half million dollars for 2024-25. And then 2025-26 approximately 92 million dollars i like it i mean that that's good for the abs but it's going to be i mean i feel like they did this like before the pandemic they gave us all these projections like hopefully there's not another global pandemic that just shuts down the world um but if we can get those projections it's only going to help the abs and that mckinnon contract looks better and better if those numbers keep going up yeah, if you can get your core locked up before those numbers really start to go up, like when when does Rantanen expire? Two seasons from now? Two seasons. After this Two one? Seasons. So yep. it's full, full this season and next season, right? Yes. So that, it looks like that it will be $83.5 million still, or at least round in that area, 83-ish million dollars. You get those guys locked up, it's going to be tight maybe for a year or two, but... Once that starts to go to $92 million, then you're suddenly going to have a little more room to play with stuff, especially if you can find a way to get like a Byram locked up to a decently long deal. You're really going to be in a good position. You're going to be in a good spot. I mean, I still think even with those increase, I, I love Devontae's, but he seems kind of like he's playing his way out of the Avs price range. It's like a Nazem Kadri situation. Because I, I mean... Even at 92.5, Taze is going to demand at least $8 million. At I, least $8 million. At least eight. I agree, but like he loves it here. And maybe Nas loved it here, too. That's not a fair thing to say. Like You need to get your money, especially with him being a late bloomer. He's not like a Kel McCarr who's getting that money when he's 23. He's going to be 30 when his contract's up. Like He needs to get paid. Um but man, it, it's going to be nice to see that money go up. That McKinnon contract that everyone was freaking out about, it's going to go down even more. And we could be talking by the time those fully go in, we're like, wow, McKinnon signed for, again, the best contract in sports. Yeah. 
Because it's not too far in the future. Like McDavid's going to need a new contract. Drysidle's going to need a new contract. The Austin Matthews thing is going to start as soon as this offseason. And three, four years down the line, we're going to be talking about McKinnon. Honest question. Would in five years, is McKinnon going to be top 10 in highest paid player? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to, I'm going to say yes as well, but I'm going to say barely. Yeah. Like he may just be 10 and that's going to be hilarious because I don't know if you saw the reports, like there's reports that the Cowboys are going to offer Matthews like 17 million a year. Well, like, I mean, if, if Austin Matthews hits the open market, I don't think it's just going to be the coyotes. Yeah, no, I agree. But like the coyotes are offering 17. It's like, with, with I, I mean, and again, no offense to the coyotes, but like with what money? I mean, their owner's pretty rich, dude. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to tell, but... Well, I mean, they don't want to pay for their own stadiums. Come on, man. You know how the world is. Capitalism. Yeah, you got, I mean, look, they're, they're saving the money for Austin Matthews. It's just good business. Yeah, it's, and I, if, I, they get, if they get Connor Bedard, too, that could be a pretty nasty one-two punch with him. Oh, <laughs> dude, having Connor Bedard play at a stadium called Mullet Arena that seats 2,000 people... 5,000, bro. 5,000. I'm sorry. 5,000 people. I believe hockey should stay in Arizona, but for fuck's sake, guys. Dude, I'm the complete opposite. I think it's going to be absolutely electric. I agree. I think it's going to be fun, but this is not a one-season thing. This is going to be four years. And once we hit year two, I think that sheen's going to start to wear off. I agree, but I just I just really I really like it. I, 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 I think it's going to be sweet. If we can pull it off this season, I want both of us to go to a game there. If if we I don't know if it's in the cards, man. The tickets are very expensive. I know, but I that is one of my goals, at least for at least this season or next season. We've have to go to Mullet Arena. Well, we got to reach out to so Richie, and yeah, see if he can score some tickets. But I mean, I just I, I think it's going to be sweet. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, but I agree. Probably by like year four, we'll be like, okay, the shtick's kind of worn off. This kind of stuff. I mean, that's what I mean. Because like, I think it's going to be fun. And having that in a college town is going to be a lot of fun. But once we hit next season, especially if Connor Bedard's there, like, I think we're just going to be looking at this like, it's it's not fun anymore. Yeah. Like, we are, this is a professional hockey team. Oh, and, and yes, if, it's temporary, but like, Jesus. Well, think about this. If the Coyotes continue their trajectory and they nail these draft picks and they continue to build like they could be a pretty good team by a good young team by the end of that stretch at mold arena could you imagine if there were playoff games there i would i want could, that i want that more than anything imagine? oh man what if i mean what if they played like the oilers and oh. it's like connor bedard versus connor mcdavid and we're going from the Rogers Arena. Is it Rogers Arena or Center? It's Arena, right? I think it's Rogers Center. Okay, Rogers Center to Mullet Arena, like the newly upgraded and renovated Rogers Center, like one of the most expensive hockey stadiums on the planet. I, I think you could go as far as say it's it, it's the best hockey stadium uh, without question. I mean, it is like it is top of the line everything. Yeah. To- the Arizona State University hockey stadium. It's going to be sick. You cannot tell me that would not be hilarious. And some of the greatest television. And you can't act like Mold Arena would not have a better atmosphere. Oh, yeah. It'd be fucking electric. But 
wow, we got off topic from the salary cap, but I agree. This would be yeah, fucking- I, think, I think that's very topical with the salary yeah. cap and the Arizona Coyotes. Well, and if they get Austin Matthews too, dude, like that would be electric. Um, but yeah, I agree. That should be our goal for in the next two years is to go to one of those games. Cause I, I'm, I'm close enough to Arizona that I can get like a pretty cheap flight out there. I can't. So I would think about it. I honestly would think about it because it would be glorious. I would love every second of it, but um, back to the salary cap going up. If these projections actually hit, I mean, this is only going to benefit teams like the Avs, the Lightning, the Leafs, um, all of those teams. It's going to it's going to benefit teams that take advantage of it while they can, like teams that lock up their younger cores. I mean, for the Avalanche, they've got their guys locked up for the near future, except for Ranton, who's going to be up in two years. But outside of that, once that's done, you're you got nothing to worry about. Yeah. So I mean I'm I'm really really excited for it. It's good for the game. It means more money's coming in, and I, it really makes me wonder like if the pandemic doesn't happen, do you think we're talking like I I, I think we're like talking 100? I think we're absolutely talking about a hundred million. The, yeah. the money that the league was raking in before the pandemic, they were doing pretty well for themselves. Oh yeah, you bring in the ESPN deal and all of that. We're absolutely talking about a hundred million because I have a faint memory of before the pandemic we we were talking about it going from like 82 to like 90 the, the next season yeah. something like that or at least close to it but that kind of frustrates me because it's like did the owners really lose that much money like, that, that's that's my that's what i've always thought about i was like yeah like, yeah you know it was probably a massive loss to run the bubble i think we all understand that yeah but they had arenas empty for like half a season after that yeah. Does that really cause a four-year backup in salary cap and the and the players owing like millions of dollars somehow to the owners after you got that massive TV contract from ESPN and TNT and the helmet ads and now the jersey sponsorships and now ev- and all the tickets being at incredibly high prices? Did it really take? five years for salary caps to start going up consistently or were we being dramatic i think we're being dramatic because you can't compare the nhl the nfl the nfl is the best it's impossible the nba the same thing but the mlb hasn't really taken that big of a hit and i know the mlb is popular but the nhl i what are we doing here it feels like they're the only league out of the major four that has slowed down the salary. I know MLB doesn't have a salary cap, but they're the only league that has slowed down in anything financially. I would I would argue that the MLB has been doing horrible in terms of salary management and just management in general, because as bad as Gary Bettman is, he is not worse than Rob Manfred. No, I agree. I agree. But just, I always wonder, I'm like, these owners are fucking billionaires, man. Like, and a lot of them, like, we love Stan Kroenke. This is a Stan Kroenke podcast. Our, 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 fav- our favorite underdog story. Our favorite underdog. There's no way he took that big of a hit during fucking COVID. We're going on year <laughs> no. three with his team not being able to be watched on the biggest cable subscriber in the state right. of Colorado. Like, it's, I, we're, we're not going to get into a whole diatribe about rich people, but I mean – does it really take five years for the maximum salary cap in the NHL to start growing up when there's been multiple injections of money into the sport? 
Yeah, like that's what confuses me. I get it. That's why these guys and girls are, or guys and ladies, not girls, I'm sorry, are rich is because they're smart financially. Like, but at the same time, like they're running them. I mean, what are the abs estimated value at? I think they're at like 500 million now. Probably, Probably higher than we think now. Probably higher than we think. But like, I saw something like the Maple Leafs were complaining about money, and it's like, yo, you're the highest valued fucking. The, the Leafs, the, the Leafs never have to worry about money. Right, you're they're, the most popular team in the being, NHL. They're just being dramatic. Right. So I, I, I don't know. That's why I'm, I'm like, good, this is happening. But I also kind of just want to go back. Like, how cool would it be if there was no salary cap again in the NHL? It would suck what? for parity. It would be incredibly broken, but also incredibly fun. Well, because the apps would spend all the fucking money. That's what we did before the salary cap. Right. Like it would be the Leafs, the Rangers, the Canadians, like all the big market teams, just they would get everybody. But isn't that what's better for the sport is when the big market teams do better? I mean, depends how you look at it. Like for viewing, for me and you who both love hockey, it's like, I'm not going to say it's great, but. Dallas and Tampa Bay was a good Stanley Cup fight because it shows the parity in the league. But at the same time, it's kind of like, don't you want your big markets to succeed? And then they just kind of like, I don't know. I, if you go back to no salary. I, I, I think we say this like, now because we're not baseball fans and we true. don't have to deal with like being a fan of, I'm not a baseball expert, so I'm not at all an expert on stuff like this, but like being a fan of like the Kansas city Royals has to be super tough. Like you get a three year contention window and then like the next 10 are rebuilds. And when you're the Yankees, you can just spend your way out of any problem. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at it, even for local people who are listening in Colorado, the Rockies continually one of the highest attendance teams in the league, but always are the, one of the lowest spending teams. Rob, uh, why am I forgetting his name? He fucking owned UNC, the school I went to. Fuck. I'm forgetting. Kep- no, I don't know. Yeah. He, he, he owns Montfort. Montfort. The Montforts. He owns the team, but he treats it like a business. He doesn't treat it like a, like a toy, like all billionaires should when they own a fucking professional team. Like, I don't know. It, it's just one of those things. Like, you know, Stan Kroenke and Josh Kroenke would spend the money for competitors. You know they would. I'm, for Would they for the Avs? I mean, they're, let's be real. I mean, the Rams, they're never going to go away from a salary cap in the NFL. Well, I'm, of course, but like the Rams are in LA. Yeah. I mean, they, they've done it before. They have. I'm not saying they wouldn't. I'm just saying how much would they spend on the abs? Compared a lot to- more than 80, whatever the salary cap is right now. Without question. I know. Yeah. But like, how much would we be competing with Toronto, Montreal, the Rangers, the the yeah. real big market teams? I guess I'm really just more for the players getting more money. So like no salary cap. I mean, the players like... Connor McDavid could sign what, like a twenty-five million dollar year contract. If Connor, was McDavid, Connor McDavid would get a lot more than twenty-five million dollars. Yeah. Like it'd just be sick. Like it's just a shame that these baseball and basketball and football guys get all the money. And well, I mean, it, it it comes down to like we're getting really into the weeds of like hockey business here, but it's come down to the fact that the owners have taken the players' lunch money in the last yes. several CBA negotiations. Like they have just absolutely crushed them. Embarrass yes. them in all of these negotiations. It has not even been close. No. So, I mean, it is on the players for some point, but man, 
I would just, dude, there's probably some college football players making more money than some NHL players right now. I, I, I think if you looked into it, I think we would be surprised. Yeah. So that's totally crazy. We totally went off topic of what the segment was supposed to be. But the good news, the salary cap's going up in the future for the Avs. That's great news for the Avs. Um, and wow, we've really gotten to the topic of billionaire owners not wanting to spend their money. Um, but I'm cool with it because that's where we're at. We're all, we're literally two and a half weeks away from hockey coming back and we can just be like, yeah, back to normal. And like, I'd, so, I'd love to get some live updates on this game. Uh, the, the wild are winning five to two, right? Oh, now. it's is not, Frankie still in. Yeah. Frankie is still in not having a great night. All right. Who cares? It's a preseason. As long as he gets through healthy, that's all I care about. All right, Christian, we're going to start our first segment. Explain to me why I should care. Hey, everybody. Hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our brand new sponsors at Raycon. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of our great lineup of shows on the Hockey Podcast Network, and it's been great. All because of my brand new Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever with optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit. These earbuds are so comfortable and they will not ever budge. You've never got to worry about them falling out of your ears. Eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life at the perfect price. Quality audio at over half the price of other premium audio brands. It's, it's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews with three customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions, noise isolation, and awareness mode. I personally use my Raycons wherever I am, whether it's at the gym, whether it's in class, whether it's at work. Perfect for any situation. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Again, buyraycon.com slash THPN. Now, back to the episode. Curtis McDermott's wearing an A, so that's cool. That is important. I suddenly care now. All right, you yeah. win. I win. That's, that's all I needed to hear. That's all you needed, man. That's, that's all it. you needed. Our true king is back, um, getting lost on pow- uh, penalty kills, but that's just Curtis McDermott. So, um, my my favorite thing is people still get mad at him. It's like, guys, he, he's like the fourteenth player on this team. Like, he only plays in cases of emergencies, and he plays ten minutes a game. Yeah, it's like, what does Curtis McDermott do? It's like, I don't know. It's just nice to have him. Yeah, he's just there, and it's yeah. great. He seems it's like nice, great- it's nice to have Curtis McDermott on your team, and just not really have to deal with him and some right. of his antics. It's almost it's almost worth giving him the extension to just know that like he's our little thing in our back pocket that we really shouldn't use in case of emergencies, but just it's just nice that no one else has him. You can scratch him in for four games this year against the Rangers when they play Ryan Reeves and against the Flyers when they play Nick Delorier. Those yes. are the four and games you can I'd guarantee all three games against the Blues because I you know the Blues hold a grudge. Yeah. It, over nothing, but it's St. Louis. That's why we love the Cronkies, because they make St. Louis upset. But Yes. But it, it's it's one of those things where it's like, who cares? Like, he's making like 600000 He's going to play like 20 games this year. Like, it, just enjoy the pure goatness that he is, because he is one of my favorite players. Um, but who cares? Like, he's he's fine. Like, we love Curtis McDermott here. He'll punch someone in the face and then he won't do anything else for this game. And when he scores 
one or two goals a year, you can bet your ass that I will freak the fuck out. Yeah, and who's beating Curtis McDermott in a fight? No one. No one did last year. He fought, he fought Ryan Reeves and he won. Decisively, so, I would add. Oh, you can scratch him in for a couple more. I, do you think he plays against Milan Lucic again? I mean, do are we really worried about Milan Lucic anymore? No, but it's fun to watch those fights. They're good. They're yeah. good fights. So He could play a couple times against the Oilers, maybe. Maybe. Vander Kane. Uh, I, 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 I incredibly take that back. Yeah. I, ridiculous. I've realized what I just said. Absolutely not. No you fucking You wouldn't pay to see Connor McDavid go one-on-one versus Curtis McDermott? Because I would. I. It would be, would be electric. It, it, it would be funny once, but then it's going to keep happening. That's what they should do for the shootout now. It's just you throw out a defender and they have to guard Connor McDavid one on one and see who can stop him. And that's how you decide the games against the Oilers. <laughs> Dumb hockey rules with Christian. I can't fucking believe I said, yeah, let's put McDermott in against the Oilers. That'd be funny. It'd be great comedy. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, I mean, who cares preseason? Let the Wild have their wins in preseason. Uh-oh. I mean, they, they really get a kick out of these preseason wins. Tyson Jost, Tyson Jost has two goals. It's his Stanley Cup right now. That's fucking sick, man. Good for Josty, dude. Yeah. Like, it it's it's awesome for Josty. Um, it's funny. Like, he's scoring in the preseason. That's like, dude, if you would have just scored, like, maybe 10 more goals with the Avs last year, you probably would have stayed on the team. But yeah, so was life. Um, but yeah, you, 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 the only thing you have to worry about in this game was Curtis McDermott wearing an A. That's really it. Yeah. I mean, uh, this game's going to finish. We have another one tomorrow and we're going to completely forget about this. Yes. Completely. Yes. You, like so, the only thing is like, uh, Frankie doesn't look super great, but who cares? it's like, we just <laughs> talked about, it's like we talked with Georgiev. He looked fine. We don't care. Frankie doesn't look great right now. Don't care. As long as he stays healthy, that's all I care about. Yeah, dude, you could not save a single shot in the preseason. As long as you are available for day one of the season, that's all anyone cares about. Yeah. Yeah. As as we wrap the show, I am going to have a preseason overreaction because uh, I'm watching the game right now. The Kraken are going to be a frisky team. They, I agree. I, they, I don't know if they're going to make it, but they're going to be more competitive. Than they're that. exciting, man. Like I'm watching, like Shane Wright looks good. Maddie Beniers looked really good last night. Like they're they're not going to be a playoff team, but they're going to be frisky. They're going to beat some teams a couple times, and you'll be like, "How did that happen?" And Gruby, like I said, complete overreaction. Gruby looks really solid this preseason game. There is no chance Grubauer is as bad as he was last year. Correct. He he finished in eight eighty nine. He is better than that. Yes. If he is a nine oh five. That means probably at least 10 more wins for Seattle. Yes. And I've really like the Kraken, they're the complete opposite of the Vegas Golden Knights because they were dog shit their first year, but they're building the right way. This team is going to be frisky this year. I really like Maddie Beniers. I like Shane Wright a lot. Berkey on that top line, Eberle, Yanni Gord. Like it's not the best top six, but it's a solid top it, six. It is. They are players. They got Bjorkstrand and that steal of a deal. Yes. I I hate their defense. Their defense is bad. Their defense is terrible, but they're going to be an exciting team to watch. And you had what many people considered the best player in the draft fall to them at four. So I really like just complete overreaction from watching their first period against the Calgary Flames with Dan Vladar in. They're going to be frisky. That's my overreaction for the 2022 preseason. Yeah, I agree. Seattle, I've ever since they signed Berkey, 
they've had me intrigued to say the least for I'm sure for very very weird reasons I'm sure and not because my favorite player plays for them now yeah. but the only reason I may not like Shane Wright he a terrible jersey number 51 that's not that, that's not a good really forward. that's not a good forward in the NHL 51 He's 51 yeah that's not good that's not good yeah that's that's a terrible forward number that, especially for a guy you're hoping turns into your like franchise cornerstone like what are you going to retire number 51 right it's a bad number right it's a like, bad number for a who's gonna like you don't have to worry about anyone taking 51 after you're gone right be, like your seventh pair of defensemen yeah 51 is a defenseman number like there's two bad it's, it's not even a good defensive no number. it's like if, this is the leftovers this is the leftovers if you are a good forward you're between one and 20 and then you're between 90 and 99. Right. Those it's, those are, well, 87. We'll go back to 87. I'd say it starts back up at like 70. The earliest is 60. And that's like a select few people. Yeah. Like, I don't know why. Like, Shane Wright, what are you doing, man? Like, there's no numbers retired for the Kraken. 51? What are we doing here, man? Could have any jersey. I, I hope that's just like a preseason thing. Did Berkey go back to 65? No, he's 95. Good, good. He's much better at 95 than he is at 65, personally. Like, he just looks better. 65 is not a good forward number. Let's just be I, real here. I, I liked Berkey in 65, but... I, 95 for me is... 90, 90, you're right, though. 95 is a better forward number. Yes. Like, 51, what are we doing here, Shane Wright? What are we doing, man? It's, it's, a, ro- it's, a, rookie, it's a rookie Wright. mistake. I bet, it's a, I bet it's a hazing thing. I don't know, man. I just that, that's my only concern with the guy. I mean, Maddie Beniers is number nine. You got Everly at seven. <laughs> Red flags as to why I wouldn't want Shane Wright on my team. One, maybe that's why the Canadians. Where's didn't a take weird him. number? Will not <laughs> that's why the Canadians didn't take him. <laughs> it's because the Habs didn't won. take him. It's the Devils and the Coyotes passed on him too. The yeah. Devils took Nemich, which I guess I understand because they have Hughes and Heischer. The Coyotes went with Cooley, which is weird. It's interesting. That could yeah. work out for them, but I I don't know. I mean, shame right. 51. That's my only strike against you, man. It's my only, I wouldn't even want my goalie to be 51. I don't want I don't want anyone on my team to, I don't know what personal vendetta I have against 51, but it's just such a weird number. It's the most random number of all. So like if a goalie's 51, that's terrible. Like it's, that's bad. it's just not a good like I can't even think of a position in sports that I would think is like 51 a good offensive lineman in the nfl like a center Even then like i i would picture them like in the 60s and 70s yeah maybe a good middle linebacker yeah maybe like a backup middle linebacker yeah. or something like that but for a hockey forward who you're expecting to be like a number one type guy that's not good it's just not good yeah no. like even in the 20s you're good look at mckinnon like you got the 20s that's that's not bad either but the 50s like you can't be in that 40 to like 70 range is bad for a forward. Very bad. I got to say, this is definitely top five strangest topics we have. No, I mean, this you're getting into my brain here, man. Like, this is this is what I think. Like, if Shane Wright falls to me in my fantasy drafts, I won't take him strictly because he's number 51. I won't do it. I won't do it. Like, like, remember the fucking, I think it was the Hurricanes backup last year when Bronta got hurt. He was 52. It was over that moment when I saw number 52 going in the game. This is over. This game's over. And it was, it was over every time. So that's where we're at. You feel better now? I do. I've been holding, I, I, ever since I've seen him, I'm like, that just looks, doesn't look right. Just doesn't look right. 
I'm glad we could all sit in on a therapy session for you and, <laughs> and your hatred of the number five one. You were on the same page with me. I, I am. I'm just, I've just kind of, it's kind of hitting me like a weight of bricks that we've legitimately just talked for the last 10 minutes about, wow, this number sucks. Specifically, well, no, people will listen and they'll be like, you know what? They, they make a good point there. Yeah, they I, make a, I agree. They make a great point. I should come back and listen to this podcast again when they talk about the number 52. I mean, that could be a good off-season type of content. We do the best numbers. Like- <laughs> we go through every number, not not even like the best players at each number. We just rank each number on like how it looks on a jersey. Yes, that's great. I mean, that's great off-season content. We're still uh, in off-season technically. but it's, it's preseason. Yeah, but we're in preseason form for the podcast too. So they'll come back and they'll be like, now I want to hear what, like maybe someone will DM us and like, what are your thoughts on number 72? And I'd be like, I what position? Like what position are they playing? Because that's really what determines it for me. I'm I'm also I'm also gonna call you out here because we talked before the episodes like, oh man, we're both we're both kind of tired coming into this one. I don't know yeah. how much longer we're gonna have. And you have legitimately gone on a diatribe about numbers in the NHL and how good or bad they are in a specific range. And not saying that's a bad thing, but I'm just saying we will always manage to find a way to push an yes. episode longer than it needs I, to be. I don't know why I said that, but I'm going to go. I'm, I'm not saying it's a bad thing that you did. I'm just saying it's funny. Yes. And I'm going to go straight to bed once we are done recording. <laughs> I think, I think we, I think we can end it on, yes. the, num- on the numbers talk for now. I mean, I thought it was quality content. So I, right. I, I agree. I think it is fantastic content. I just couldn't imagine that it was going to be this episode where we were going to re- really get into the weeds on ownership of NHL teams and CBA negotiations and immediately transition that into, I just think the number 51 is stupid. And here's why you, you get all that experience when you listen to the teledabs, this podcast, it's just, you're not going to get, you're not going to get this stuff anywhere else. Like nope. credentials and like insider knowledge, fucking ill gross. Don't want it. Nope. You're opinions not going to get that with us. Opinions on numbers. Now th- this is, you're not now gonna, we're getting into now it. Now we're really getting this is what the people want. They don't want <laughs> they don't want to hear about like insider talk and like and who's gonna get waived and who's gonna get jobs. They want to hear the hard hitting stuff. Like yes. what number sucks? And here's why you should agree with us. And they came, they saw, and they're like, damn, those guys are right. damn, and they're gonna come back because we're gonna do this again next episode. We're gonna yes, talk, sir. we're gonna go, we're gonna find other weird numbers, and we're just gonna keep talking about them. I think that's good. We can fill we can filibuster until October 13th. Yeah. So I'm going to make an executive call and say that that is going to do it for this edition of the Teledabs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Thank you all so very much for tuning in. Once again, Kale McCarr shirts still available at denvernosebleeds.com. You can get them and wear them. They're super nice shirts. A couple of people have started to get them recently. Yes. Christian's been working very hard on sending all that stuff out. I'm very much removed from the process. He does literally all of it, but you can use promo code tell it as it is on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore belay, and you can follow the show at tell it as it is. But once again, Thank you all so very much for tuning in and bearing with us for some of our amazing topics from time to time. We really do appreciate it, but we will catch you all next time with some more preseason games in the books and a couple days closer to October 12th and the beginning of 
the regular season. So thank you all, and we will catch you all next time. And Christian, if you want to get us started on another number really quick that you just don't like, you know, feel feel free right now. I already did it, 72. Keep going. What do you hate about it? Like number 72, you can't trust a defenseman who's number 72. You can't trust a forward who's number 72. All right, thank you all so very much for tuning in. We will catch you all next time. Go Avs.